All right. So we definitely haven't scripted this, Marcus. Yeah, man. Great to be here with you. I was just thinking what a pleasure it is to work with you and have you on our board and as a partner in this continuing struggle for justice. And you and I recently had the pleasure or the privilege to spend some time down in Montgomery, Alabama. We were able to visit the Equal Justice Initiatives, the Legacy Museum, and National Memorial for Peace and Justice. And I felt it was amazing, but I also felt just so blessed to be able to be there with you. Thank you, Mike. Because every time I'm with you, the experience is much more meaningful. Just talking while we're driving or... Uh, Thanks, you know, man. visiting someplace. So I was just so struck by that place and being there with some really amazing people, yeah. but you in particular. And I felt so blessed that I got to be able to spend that time with you. And I thought maybe chat about it. I was struck by some of your impressions. We went through the Legacy Museum and how powerful it was to see the connection that they make between this country's original sin of slavery and then the horrible lynching and Jim Crow and how that was connected to mass incarceration. And the way they told that story was so powerful. And it was even more powerful and more meaningful to hear your reflections on that. If you could share a little bit on some of the things that we saw and how you tied that to your experiences, other people should benefit from your wisdom on these things. Thanks, Mark, man. I feel just as equally as blessed. I talked about it a little bit earlier on the panel that we sat on just a couple of hours ago. I would have never imagined that I would get so much joy, not out of just our friendship, because we have an awesome friendship, but knowing the work that you're committed to at Justice Policy Institute and being very intentional about what we want to do at Flick Shop, it's always that marriage and our work relationship is always awesome as well. I'll tell you, I walked into the museum just wanting to absorb, thinking that I'm going to, I just want to yeah. just learn. There's so much that's missing out of our history books when it comes to this era in America's history, but very interesting what happens. It went from, hey, I want to learn about this stuff to not only am I learning, but seeing the parallels, the impact of slavery, lynchings, and the culture that has been created from industry. Yeah. And I thought that that was very, very interesting. I walked into this thing seeing race and race relations and systemic racism, knowing that's going to be the top of the list of the things that I'm going to come out with when I have topics to cover or talk about later, but never thinking of how much of a commodity that these slaves were and how that transferred to mass incarceration era and how much of a commodity apparently I was during that same time. Because we walked in. When you walk into the museum, you see some powerful stuff, the film. And then as you go further, you see that exhibit where it has the marketing that they would do around the slave trade. How they had young, strong people who had been treated well. Yeah. Which was so powerful. And then you shared your experience when you were incarcerated in Virginia. Yeah. So I was like, whoa. You know, it was interesting because before we even got to that point, walking into the museum, the very first screen that you see is an illustration of a pillar that grows from a flat land. It says that each one of these pillars represents a thousand or so slaves that had come through the transatlantic slave trade. But you bend the corner, and so the impact starts there. It shows how slavery permeated across the South. And one, I didn't even realize that slavery got so high as 
Maryland and where we live today. Right. And I thought that was like really mind blowing for me. I mean, when I think of slavery, I think about it as this thing that happened down in Deep South. Yeah. At any rate, bending that corner to the next wall, you layer on top of this pillar these rooms with these holographic images that are telling the stories of the children, of the caregiver, or the grandmother. And then you listen to these stories, and now you're feeling overwhelmed by not only the statistics, but now you're feeling the emotion behind the people. And then you bend the corner again, and now you introduce to these new marketing. The marketing thing. Incredible. And when we were talking over lunch right after that, and you were sharing how that reminded you of your experience, which to me was just... I was I can't even like I can't bring it to words like the way that was so sort of sad and and to see it still happening. So I mean it, it, to be honest Mark I hadn't wrapped my brain around what this potentially looked like many years ago and what's happening now, but it was very reminiscent of a time where I'm sitting in a cell and at 4 a.m. it's pure darkness and all of a sudden you hear a door pop and bright light and someone screaming in your ear, get up, pack your bag, it's time to go. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. It's now 4.30 in the morning when you realize that all of your belongings were all packed up inside of a tied-up sheet, and it's all done within 30 minutes. And that's when you begin to realize, whoa, my life has been drilled down to a 30-minute sheet. This was in an adult prison in Virginia. I'm a teenager in an adult maximum security prison in the state of Virginia. And you grab this sheet full of all of your belongings, The people whom I grew up with, I mean, the best friends that I had and I shared a cell with, a room with, shared stories with, shared meals with, (laughs) even shared the same restroom. For years on end, there was a kindred spirit that's built inside of that cell Mm -hmm. and all of the pain and agony and frustrations and even the the happy moments, the joyful moments as well, how few they were, they were all shared together. In that moment at 4.30 a.m., all of those moments that we shared became distant memories. And where were they taking you? Like, that's the... Yeah. What was going on? I'm escorted down the hall. I have no idea where I'm going or what's happening or all of the people I'm being tore from. And I don't even know how I'm going to tell my mom what's going to happen next and the people that are in the community that care about me. I go down this hall. Then I'll meet up with maybe a few other people who have suffered the same now fate where we're all living our lives out of these same buckets of sheets. And we hop on a bus. When we go to this bus, this caged bus where we're walking with shackles around our ankles and our wrists, we're told to sit down and assign spaces. We're given a folder. We open up the folder. You see Bullock, comma, Marcus, inmate number 247384, and you begin to see the same way they commoditized the slaves then. This is a direct parallel to what's happening in sales now. Because now I'm beginning to see how someone else perceives my value or my worth. And it's strictly because probably someone wants to build some wall panels at another prison that they want to pay me 30 cents an hour for. And again, there's no emotion there. There's no story. There's nothing about the relationships that I had or the things that I want to do when I come home that's on this sheet of paper that I'm reading that's telling the story of Marcus Bullock. And while he'll be beneficial to your facility, what it is, is there's a list. And that list is filled with, hey, he's a young person that's worked three years. He was a good guy. He is infraction free for six months, which means that he won't give you any trouble. He'll be able to move faster through any work environment and can help potentially train others. These elements of what now has become a classification, Mm -hmm. it seems more like 
a marketing proposal for the next bidder so that they can be able to profit off of whatever the services are at that next prison. And the next prison was not a Virginia State prison, is that right? It was a Virginia State prison. It was. Yeah. But the Virginia State prison where I was shipped the very first time that I saw this classification sheet, it was next door to the new market leader of how prisons should be designed. And that was ran by one of the private prison groups. So private for-profit. For-profit prison, yeah. They were the new leaders in how we should reimagine what prison can look like and how we can benefit from all of the inmate numbers that are going to come through those doors. I mean, just hearing that, as you said, when we were down in Montgomery, I think for all of us sort of know in some ways in conceptual terms that so much of what happened in the past is still happening. But that made it so real that the marketing, essentially the value that was placed on young black lives was the same during the slave marketing as you experienced. For me, it was so powerful. I know as you and I talked and then we went to the memorial, so much work to still do on this and to continue to try to break down this system that has destroyed so many lives. For me, it's an honor to continue to work with you on this and the perspective that you bring to this work, not just your experience of being incarcerated, but your brilliance in terms of your business savvy, your communication savvy. You're really a mentor to all of us in terms of how we can keep driving this forward. I'm so appreciative of that and always appreciative of sitting and hearing your brilliance and your wisdom and your insights. So, Thank you again. I really appreciate it. It's been an awesome journey, and I love working alongside of this. I'll tell you, I never thought that this voice would be one of the ones that would become a champion for what reimagined prisons or a justice system could potentially look like. So I'm very, very honored to sit here with you today, and hopefully for a few more years as we will so. change the world. Well, I hope so, and happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you. Happy holidays. And, uh, look Somebody forward else. to working with you in, in 2019 and beyond. Wow. How does that sound, 2019? Wow. Huh.